Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey there, AfterBuzz TV. What's going on? We are coming to you from quarantine, and we are so excited to be with you. So thank you so much to AfterBuzz and to Zoom Video Conferencing, to our amazing producer, Stephen Lemieux. Um, yes. It's really <laughs> what you guys are doing, and we feel very honored to be a part of AfterBuzz and know getting through this together alone but together so welcome to the ozark after show i'm lauren lagrasso and i'm here with my two amazing hosts sean and tanir you guys thank you for being here hey <laughs> good, to, good to see everyone even though we're remote <laughs> dealing dealing with the rona as i call it <laughs> she's a real <laughs> so you guys what were your overarching thoughts of this episode um i'll go first um lauren you said it like a couple of weeks ago, Sue Shelby is the real OG of this place. Are we, are we still going? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the therapist just comes out and puts them on blast. Like, wow, what a great way to start this episode. So I, I'm really excited to talk about it. I can't wait to deep dive into it. Tanir, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What's going on? Man, there, there was a couple, uh, definitely a couple moments in there. I mean, we're talking Darlene's in the picture. She's making her move. So, you know, I, I love me some Darlene, how she just gets in there and was like, I will not be cut out of this, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, seeing the Darlene storyline and then, um, you know, just seeing continuing uh, to watch uh uh, Marty just continue to work his magic and uh, trying to get uh, trying to get some stuff done. So obviously the the thing with him and um, you know him and Wendy a little split we'll talk about. But uh, I loved it as usual. I loved it. Yeah, you know they keep coming with the fire, and we're gonna get to so much today. We're gonna talk about the Wendy and Marty split, about Sue the OG. We're gonna <laughs> get into the teenage update. What's going on with those guns and the pot and scary things. <laughs> Ruth and Ben getting down, uh, and then later getting down, and uh, major action going on with Darlene, Mm. major. So let's get into it, the Wendy and Marty split. It started out with a bang. (laughs) I'm trying to remember. I always write really funny notes, but then I can't find them when we're about to start. Oh, I just wrote, Sue knows all. They say shit in front of Sue. Sue's going to be rich AF. (laughs) <laughs> no that's real though because it wasn't funny how she was trying to play it off you know when marty was like how much and he was like you know she, she was just like saying some some nonsense and then he asked the second time <laughs> she's yeah. just like yeah it's gonna be a shitload that i'm gonna need so I'm so curious like do you think that she like that Wendy and Marty cared that they were saying all those things in front of her. It was almost like it was cathartic for them. Like they had been holding it in and they're so sick of lying about who they are and what they do that they're like, well, this woman's a liar too. So now we feel comfortable to say this in front of her, even though we know it could have really bad ramifications. What do you think? Were they aware when they were doing that or did they just need to let it out or a little bit of both? 
I think I think as soon as as soon as uh, she revealed that she was not, uh, or that, that everyone's lying essentially, that it all bets were off. And I I think they actually got caught up in the moment. Um, you know, I think it was like, no, it's on. I've been holding this in. I need to get it out. And you know, I I really think that they they uh, obviously afterwards Marty had to go have a conversation, right? So, um, but I think in the moment they were legit like just going off on each other and getting it off their chest because technically they were in a safe space. Right. And it, it's kind of surprising. I mean, like Wendy basically admitted to at least assisting a murder, if not actual murder. Yet <laughs> she let Marty go in and speak on her behalf. She wasn't even part of that discussion. So that's an interesting thing. Cause we didn't see like, if there was an interaction that happened between Marty and Wendy after that they decided Marty's going to be the representative in this situation mm-hmm. that she just trusted him after that huge display to go and speak for her and to help her not get arrested potentially. I, it was interesting because I also thought, and this was just my thought, like um, I was thinking if Sue wasn't going to play ball, like Marty was like at a point, this new Marty that's back from Mexico where he might just be like, you know what, Sue might have to go. Like if she's not, you know, if she would have been like, well, Marty, I can't, you know, like maybe he might've been like, okay, Sue, you know what? Then you're just not going to be around anymore. You know, (laughs) I was kind of thinking at one point that he might do that. The way, the way he still hung up on, on Wendy killing Cade, I don't know. I don't think Marty has it in him to kill anybody. I think someone, it would literally have to be someone pointing a gun at him and then he had a gun. Like, I don't think. kill that guy, Zeke's dad. What was his name? Mason? Oh, oh, Pastor? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He killed him, but it was an accident. Yeah, oh, it was an accident, though. That's, see, that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, yeah I don't know if he would actually go in and, like, kill Sue, but I could def- definitely see him maybe getting some things arranged, you know, maybe talking to some people and being like, I don't know. It was just funny. Like, I, I was kind of looking at that situation. I was like, come on, Sue, don't do anything to get caught up or try to be all righteous right now, you know? So, and she didn't, cause she's like, I'm gonna need a lot of money, so. <laughs> I don't think he would ever kill her. I think he just has like a Midwest work ethic mentalities, like whatever it takes, but he wouldn't murder. Like he would, he would do whatever kind of like conniving he has to in order to get her to shut the fuck up, but he wouldn't <laughs> actually. But see, that's the beauty of Ozark. You never know. Just when you think you know the people, then the, the writers might be like, you know what? Is that we'll your get... prediction? We'll see a Marty murder this season? Right. <laughs> Maybe. Well, yeah, the episode starts with a bang. She says that, that after the whole payout thing happens with Sue, where she says it's going to take a lot of money, which I hope that they actually share the, the price tag, because we want to know that Sue's taken care of and living large. Right. She just. <laughs> all she's been through uh, <laughs> but he's driving in his little minivan and and wendy says that he's going to be kicked out so he goes and he decides to stay at the hotel that maya's staying at in order to further carry out this plan and try to turn her what do you think's going to happen with this relationship and also here's another thing i want to talk with you guys about she's pregnant why do you think, and I highly, highly doubt that that actress was actually pregnant. We're going to have to look it up. But to me, that pregnancy stomach looks fake. She's doing a good job with it. It's just the aesthetic of it looks fake. <laughs> Why do you think that the writers chose to make that character pregnant? Mm. 
That's a good question. Like you said, like you, you feel like is that, that pregnancy is going to come in at a point, you know, where it's, it could be a vital, you know, I don't know, like, is Marty going to have to try and like deliver the baby in the middle of a drug deal or, you know, or be That's like, Marty, interesting. you know, or something. I feel like, like you said, I, that, 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 that's not just a random, you know, occurrence that they put there. I feel that that's going to come into play somehow. And it's going to probably be in like the worst situation or timing, you know, yeah. well, like the- it definitely ups the stakes of everything. Right. Like, yes. you know, as soon as they're in any kind of danger, now it's two people, not one. And, you know, we are very empathetic towards a pregnant woman, like just right. in general as a society. So if she gets in any kind of peril, like it just makes it that much more heightened to me. And I think that's, again, that's on purpose. These guys know what they're doing. They're setting us up to have some devastation. Well, I'm thinking as you were saying that, Sean, like what if it's one of those things like uh, um, that, uh, you know, the drug lord, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, Navarro. Navarro. What if Navarro sees them hanging around him and is like, hey, are you working with them? And maybe they try to capture her and it's like, we'll cut this, this baby out, you know, like you got to prove to us, like you're not with it, you know? And it's like, what? I mean, I don't know. I might be going a little far. I don't know. Well, I think it's also, it puts tougher time restrictions on him. Like he's already up against a very difficult situation trying to turn her. And then on top of that, she's pregnant. So he only has six weeks to do it. Well, like, otherwise he might have unlimited time. So this puts it into tighter constraints and up the stakes for her, it ups the stakes for him, the whole situation. But because also results to see if this delivery actually <laughs> happens. <laughs> well, that, yeah, and like you said, uh, Lauren, you you kind of think because, like you said, what if if he doesn't get it done, she ends up having this baby. Maybe while she's on maternity leave or something, mm-hmm. someone new agent comes in and takes over the case or something, you know. And it's like, oh man, now I got to deal with who knows who might the new person might be, you know. Right. And he's already made inroads with with uh with the uh, maya so we'll see well, i love too how i love how marty flips it on her and makes it like you know what yeah you got to make me trust you now right so that was just an interesting i, I like that he's he's taking control like marty does right he's always got a plan he's always got a way to, to get the upper hand um and then this weird thing of like now they're at the same hotel he's helping her with her bags like it's just <laughs> it's, all, it's all so planned I, I wrote a note and I said, um, Maya and Marty catching up feels like they're flirting. Uh-uh. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm curious to see how, if she does try to prove that she's trustworthy to him. And if she does, how she'll go about doing that and how that will feed into his plan overall. Hmm. Yeah. So many questions. How are they going to do? I'm sure they got it all like knotted up. They're like, just wait. You know, we got you guys covered. I like the way you're thinking. Well, this is episode six, right? Right. Okay. So we're six we're weeks. past the halfway point. You mm. know, I think things are going to start speeding up after. Sean, after Sean's like, I need to start seeing some ends tied up here. But we only got <laughs> so many episodes. Six episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. We got to. They're going to have to do quite a bit in the last four episodes. I know they'll find a way, though. Um, So the other thing that's happening, too, that's really interesting is this conversation between Helen and Wendy. When Wendy tells Helen that the two of them are split and 
Helen makes this weird insinuation like, well, you better not let him out of the house because he might not come back, which <laughs> makes me think that, that that happened in her relationship, that that was part of what caused the division, that they took a little bit of time apart and then it split them wide open as a couple and then got him beaten up in a garage eventually. Mm. Um, what do you think that was about? Was she afraid that someone else would infiltrate him? Because it must all boil down to like, obviously there's some personal baggage there with her own relationships, but also a business factor. Ooh. No, that's, uh, like you said, I, I definitely felt she was, um, Helen was projecting on on uh, on the situation. I thought maybe even like uh, Wendy was going to call her out on it. Like, are you, are you okay, Helen? You know, is this, you speaking from a personal, you know, personal experience, but um, yeah, that's, you know what, that's, um, I don't know how that's going to, you know, that, that, that little tiff or whatever that they, they, they had for, well, I guess it kind of led into the tip, but when she was first talking about it, just saying how, I guess, important it is that, look, you know, like you guys got to stay together or even when, um, when Marty called her, and was saying how the people were following her. And he's like, I don't have a home to go to. And I actually wrote down. She's like, you do tonight. You know, That's I right. was like, oh, like <laughs> Helen overriding any house rules. Like, no, yeah. you going home tonight, you know, so. She's got the power. I mean, right. yes, that was another thing too. So there were like a few different little like spinoff storylines from this. Another one was involving the kids, which is something we wanted to get to anyway. So there's this big scene with the teenagers. Aaron, Helen's daughter, wants to go back and have sex with the mob boy. And mob boy is crazy. He's a little loose cannon there. And wow. they're all smoking pot. The, the conversation's getting a little raunchy. And he, he starts shooting the sand. Which I was like, I guess I know very little about guns. So I was afraid. I thought it was like a BB gun at first. Because I'm like, how is it? How is he shooting it in the sand and no one's dying? Right. Uh, at the very least, someone got sand in their eyes. Let's be honest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then he challenges Jonah to shoot at the, the uh, beer bottles. Jonah's obviously an awesome shot because this isn't his first rodeo, honey buns. And then... Right. The that the gun goes back in the mobster boy's hands and the cops show up. So it's a big to-do. Everybody ends up getting arrested. And then Helen and Marty and Wendy are all brought back together. And there's a situation because, of course, Helen is blaming Wendy's kids for what happened, even though they were really there to protect Aaron, who just wants to lose her virginity more than anything in the world. (laughs) We got to get you some self-esteem. it was an interesting scene because helen really said we've dipped our what did she say we dipped our toes in the friendship pool but that doesn't mean we'll swim right she's like i don't know if i want to swim i'm like helen (laughs) Wendy basically shuts it down she goes good well then we won't this is over or something like that i mean do you think it's really over between the two of them i think that they're going to continue to be friends but maybe things have shifted a bit yeah yeah Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Bro. Oh, no, I, I was going to say, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Lauren. I think it's just, you know, sometimes in relationships, people go through a little stuff and maybe they just hit a little bit of a rough patch. Maybe things will change like for the near future. But I think something could also happen that could really bring them back together again, you know, whether it's with Navarro or, you know, because, you know, she was it seemed like she was even getting a little upset. Remember when Wendy was asking some questions about Navarro and Helen was like, 
you know, why are you asking? Why are you worried about it? I told you like this wasn't going to, you know, basically not to go off and just be calling him all reckless, you know, and you did it anyway. So, um, I don't know. I think they'll get, I think they'll get it together just because like you said, the stakes are so high. It's like, we can't afford to have this, um, like personal stuff or these little things get in the way. There's kind of a bigger goal, you know, bigger picture. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say is like, I, I think what this, this episode did a really good job of is, is showing us like the regular part of this world, you know, like when it's not super heightened, we still got the day-to-day stuff and teenagers suck and, you know, like all teenagers, like, and they want to do what they want to do. And it doesn't matter that like, you know, we got a cartel on our, you know, on our radar. That doesn't matter. I'm still a kid. I want to do what I want to do. And of course, Erin has like zero idea what's really going on. So then she really gets like total teenager license, you know, because she doesn't, she doesn't know what the stakes are like. She just trying to get, trying to get hers. Right. Trying to get that, that big D. <laughs> I just feel like even if she did know what the stakes were like, she still wouldn't give an F. Like she's just into what she wants. She wants her coffee. She wants her sex. she wants wants to say her mom sucks you know maybe she would she'd be scared maybe she'd like more actively try to go back to her dad or something but yeah she's kind of one of those people that just seems empathetic I can't really get a read on what she's like other than the fact that she doesn't like her mom she's annoyed by life and she really wants to have intercourse yeah you know what's interesting actually I thought about it that the show really has like her character that she's so aggressive about having sex. Like usually it seems like that would be like a guy thing. Like, dude, I'm really trying to lose my virginity. Like I've never really seen a girl go this hard where it's like, man, I can't like, I've got to get it done. (laughs) I definitely don't know anyone in my own life. Who's been like that, but I also don't know what the younger generation is like now. Like, Mm. Like sex is so much more normalized, even from like when we were kids that maybe it's just less of a gendered thing and more of a, I want to become part of like the human race thing. But at that age, I I wouldn't think that you would be that like, I wouldn't think you'd start getting crazy about it. You're like in college and you still haven't done it yet. Lauren, would you ever drop that, that kind of line? Like if you were mad at your mom or anything, would you say like what she said when she was like, Oh, he's got a big D, you know, like I was like, wow. (laughs) What'd you say? I just I I said, would you ever have like even back in your teenage days, like have that kind of conversation with your mom, or like even if you were mad with her and just dropped? That? No, no, my mom. <laughs> I love my mom. I was actually a really good kid in high school. I mean, like the worst thing I ever did was when I was fifteen. I snuck out of my basement through a window and drove around the court. I lived on a cul-de-sac. I drove uh, the cul-de-sac, then came back to the driveway. So that was like my big rebel move. But no, <laughs> I was like, I was totally squeaky clean. So not, it wouldn't have happened in high school. Maybe in college we would have had a disagreement, but definitely not in high school. <laughs> and well, did you say, notice that? Shouldn't, I was going to say, just go back to, to Jonah, or I'm sorry, to Erin. She got really kind of buddy-buddy with Jonah at the lake there. Like she was mm. kind of, hugging him a little, giving him the pot. Like, so I, I still think that's in the mix for her as far as one of the dudes to I get it done. I'd much see her have sex with Jonah. I oh, feel great about that. And, you know, we do need to talk about, so the FBI, why do I always forget his name? What is the FBI agent's name that is a- working with the mobster guy? Uh, agent. Oh, um, right now, that can't be it. No, I, she said it too. I can't remember. Cause she went down uh, the list of he's a dick. He's a dick. You know? yeah. Right. 
So one of the uh, dick. <laughs> a lot Dude, of dick in this episode. With the <laughs> There's t- truly this was dick heavy. This episode. Uh, the- Evans, Agent Evans. Evans. Agent Evans. Evans. Agent Evans gets in the car with Mobster Jr. and basically says, you know, what are you doing? Like firing a gun, getting them arrested. This is not the ask. And and Agent Evans just further shows that he is a dick because he goes, are you having sex with her? And he goes, she she loves my, the guy, the Mobster Jr. goes like, oh, she loves my dick. (laughs) (laughs) And Agent Evans goes, Okay, well, just don't get her pregnant. Right. Because <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. That is yeah. amazing. That is Both awesome. as ice. But also, my question is, how is this mobster junior guy planning on getting any information out of Aaron when Aaron doesn't know anything? Do you think he knows if he doesn't know? I always thought, like, maybe he might be trying to she might be like a ransom or something like he might like kidnap her and try to use it, you know, against Helen, maybe to get information or use against Navarro or something. Cause like you said, I don't think she really, obviously she doesn't know, you know, a lot, uh, probably like what's going on, what her mom really does or all that kind of stuff. So I feel, I feel like she would just be like a pawn or, you know, be like, Hey, you know, in, in that kind of circumstance, that's just my humble opinion. Well, it, it's kind of a moot point now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, so anyway, now to, you know, it ends up that because Marty's getting chased or followed, he ends up going home through the Dollar Tree store. Shout out to the dollar store. We love you. <laughs> Shout um, out to the <laughs> but anyway he go he ends up going home at first i thought this was like a big pawn like a big scheme from helen to get marty back in the house so that the two of them were back in cahoots but then obviously the way it ends and and we're gonna wrap this into um the the next storyline which is going to be ben and ruth that was not what was happening Hmm. so anyway let's get to ben and ruth and then we'll we'll, we'll tease we tease that a little bit. So we'll talk about how <laughs> uh, Ben and Ruth. I was kind of surprised that they were kissing in the beginning because I Man. felt like they left things on an uncertain note. I know she was a little smitten after he got the birds to poop on uh, the car, but were you guys surprised that they were that deeply intertwined? Uh, it definitely heated up quicker than I thought it was going to. Um, but I think at this point, Ruth's like, oh we're doing this, you know, right. like, uh, playtime's <laughs> over, you know, the courting is done. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to get mine. Cause it's been a hot minute for Ruth. I think right. so yeah. excited. part of me felt like has Ruth ever really had love or has she done this? I wasn't sure. Have we seen her in a love scene before? No, no. Yeah. So I don't think she's ever had love. Yeah, I think she's had yeah. sex. But. It, it looks like she had, been intimate before but like I wasn't sure because we'd never heard her speak of it so anyway um it was nice to see them together and kissing I guess I guess the french toast sticks really worked (laughs) look at baby Ben coming in breaking down the hard exterior you know with some french sticks (laughs) 
<laughs> on the last episode, we should all eat French toast sticks. Right, just back at the thing. So they, yeah, end up making out. We think they're going to get down. It's a fail. It's so sad. What a heartbreaking situation to watch. Terrible for all parties involved. We later find out that Ben has gone off his meds because he wants to be able to give it to his woman. Mm. And it's at this point that we find out that he's bipolar. We knew there was something looming, but we didn't know exactly what it was. Um, It's interesting. Like, I was glad that she brought in more of the context because I have a a dear friend who's bipolar and she's like totally fine. And I think a lot of times that particular mental health disease gets construed as being something that it's not. So I was glad that they gave more context because there's many different variations within it and it's very easily manageable with medication. Um, But yeah, Wendy and Ruth have this beautiful heart-to-heart where they talk about what the ramifications are of Ben not taking the meds. And at first I thought she was just going to, Wendy was just going to straight up ask Ruth, hey, please don't date my brother. But it seemed like she wanted to say either get him on the meds again or don't date him. You can't have both because things are going to get really, really, really bad. I wondered, why can't he just be on the meds and then take Viagra and everything could be solved. I had the same thought. I really did. I was like, there's a really easy way to fix this. Like, <laughs> you know, just, just pop another pill. I mean, you know, you're already on like this one. What's another one? What's the big deal? Fun for all. Everybody's <laughs> happy. Last all night. <laughs> Although I did, I did like, uh, I really thought that there was a nice scene between Wendy and, and Ruth, I really thought there was a nice sincerity between both of them that we don't get to see a lot, especially between those two. Um, I really felt like, Ren, like you see how Wendy loves her brother um, and, you know, wants the best for him, but knows that he can become a monster. So uh, I, I really like that scene a lot. It just, it, just, it just kind of gave us another layer to Wendy because it's easy to make Wendy this kind of bitch. Um, and I like that we really kind of saw the real, the a real heart for her that yeah. she has for her brother, and yeah. I think also also on Ruth's side too. <clears throat> like you could see as they were having that conversation, she was taking in everything she was saying. You know, she didn't. It wasn't just like, well, I'm gonna still do it. You know, it was just like, you know, she was asking questions like, you know, well, how bad or like, you know, it's like she was actually really caring. Like, hey, I can, I'll, I, I want to help him out. You know, or maybe do what I can. But you know, it wasn't the the hard shell Ruth just just sitting there you could kind of see just in her facial expressions and the way she was like sitting like oh okay so um yeah like you said I mean we've, we've definitely seen her breakdown I mean in terms of the way Ben has not breakdown but just get through that that rough exterior you know he's like the only one who could really get in there uh with her on a metaphorical and yeah literal literal level <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it, that was a, a great learning I, I do think that there was just so much beauty and sincerity between the two of them and i think ruth really respects wendy because wendy and marty but especially wendy like saw her and took care of her in so many ways and really protected her so i think that we did see that kind of almost just a deep level of respect that Ruth has for Wendy and reverence for her. But to take a side note too, there's something else that you sparked me with because we also have this situation where Wendy's back in touch with this gym guy 
and trying to set up a charitable foundation. I really think that she did that because Marty's words did get to her. She was questioning, am I an inherently bad person? And is there anything good that I could ever do to somehow redeem myself? And so, I mean, that's a good side of it. The other side could be that maybe she saw something up her sleeve. I don't know. But I'm going to choose to believe that Wendy's on a good swing for this episode and wants to do something altruistic. Okay. I like that. I like that. I, mean, I think, I, I think it's, I think it's probably a little of both. I mean, the fact that Jonah like instantly like saw the angle on it and right. was like, Oh, this is perfect. Then you get a tax write off too. Oh, good job, mom. And she was like, no, 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 that's not what this is. Um, also, I think Jim, I think Jim has a thing for Wendy. Like their conversations always have a little bit of flirting going on underneath. Um, and I'm sorry. I think Jim is gay. Oh, is he really? I mean, I don't. Oh, interesting. I personally believe him to be gay. But gay men can be great. I mean, this is a stereotype, but it, it it can be true much of the time. Certain gay men are great at witty banter that almost reads as flirting. Okay. You know, I I get that. Into a conversation with an extremely witty gay man that reads as flirting, but it's not because clearly he's not interested in me. So I think that that kind of repartee could be either way. We'll see. Maybe he likes both. Anything goes these days. (laughs) So, yeah, that was just a little side note. Uh, I think we, in order to wrap everything up, we need to get to Darlene's storyline because that's Mm. kind of how everything ties together in the end. So Darlene wants back into the business, goes to talk to Helen. Helen shoots her down. She's like, oh no, you didn't. Well, I'm going to find a workaround for that. She goes to the cop, the crooked cop says, I need to make this happen. Can you believe that Helen said that to me? Then the cop basically gets pressured into being her heroine wingman and (laughs) getting all these other younger more junior cops to come into the situation i like just real quick lauren i'm sorry uh well my brain is totally yes lauren um i love that the cop was like i can't arrest people for not doing crime (laughs) right (laughs) what do you you want from me darlene come on how dare you not do crime? That's right. That's right. So I didn't mean to interrupt. So, Sorry. Yeah, the cops sweating bullets. But and by the way, that was part of why he arrested the kids and like isn't gonna give Marty any satisfaction on what happened with the kids because now he's team Darlene because he's afraid she's gonna cut his head off. <laughs> yes. So, so Darlene's back in business. She decides to have a lovely stew dinner with mustard in the stew, which all of us are like, is that a thing? Maybe it's a Missouri uh, thing. I don't know. Yeah. I've never heard of this occurrence before. I'll try a little dabble of it next time I have stew, I guess, but uh, probably not actually. No. So anyway, she has, <laughs> she has why it's why it's brother, right? His name's. Yeah. Three. Yes. So she has three over for dinner. And they propose that he comes and works part-time, that he get his own cabin. Wyatt, he's three's like kind of suspicious of the situation and says, well, where wouldn't we bunk together? Wyatt said, no, I live in a big house. And then there's a little hair curl in that moment. And he leaves the house, knocks on Ruth's door and goes, I think they're fucking. (laughs) (laughs) And that was my favorite quote of the night. 
<laughs> I like uh, I like what you you wrote in the, our little chat, uh, Tadir, that uh, does she want a threesome with? Three? <laughs> I mean, his name is Three. So right. Uh, Darlene just going after the young bucks, you know, like that's because uh, she's like that's the only ones that can keep up. So. Didn't yep. she call him my lover earlier? Yes, in she did. <laughs> Didn't she call him that too? When she was saying, uh, I think it was, was it Wendy? Because I think she was asking like, where's Zeke? Yeah, you know, where's Zeke? Like, where's with Zeke? my lover. I was like, <laughs> That's wow. it. Creepy. Right. So this conversation between Three and Ruth sparks Ruth to go over there and just make a final plea, basically for Wyatt's life. Mm. And she says, you don't have to be here. You can come home. Um, you know, let me take care of you. I love you. And Wyatt says his final piece and basically says, you ruined my life and I'm finally happy. So leave me alone. Thoughts mm. on this moment, guys. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Ruth just wants Wyatt, like she's still upset about him not going to college, right? So she, because that, that whole thing got messed up. And, you know, Wyatt is just, he's over it, man. He has moved on and he just put her on blast. And it was, it was kind of, it was brutal. And you could tell he meant it too. Like this was not him putting this on. He is done with Ruth and he's like, and three's coming with me. So, you know, go live your life. Yeah, it was brutal. I think the one thing that I kind of noticed, like, like you said, as he was talking, I mean, you're feeling like Wyatt's like kind of coming into himself. Like, Hey, I'm a man. Like, you know, like I feel that, like when he was with Ruth, like Ruth was always telling him like what to do. You need to do this. You need to go to school. You need to go do this. And Darlene kind of just, I mean, in a more manipulative way, she still kind of tells him like stuff, but it's much more like, she's like massaging that ego, like, you know, where he feels probably like, yeah, like, you know what? I can do that. You know, I can do this or I'm, I'm helping take care of a baby. Or I just feel like maybe he feels like, uh, you know, like, hey, she's not telling me what to do. And now I feel like I'm a man. So that's why you just felt like he just had the big britches on when he was talking to her. Like, you know what? Like slam the door in her face and telling her, you know, what? you ruined my life. I'm like the old Wyatt would have never said like stuff like that, you know? So. Um, and I think like him being around Darlene all the time, who's a person who does whatever she wants, whenever she wants, has probably prompted him to have a little bit more courage when it comes to that as well. And she's not afraid to say something brutal to another person because she just doesn't care. Right. So what I love about Darlene too, though, she has her own kind of moral code, right? This moral yeah. compass. Consistent too. I mean, she'll she'll cut your head off, but but you're gonna take your feet off the table, right? Or whatever. Right. This weird kind of interesting again, it just makes these characters so layered that they're real people, you know, like they yeah. care about the day-to-day stuff because it's it's life. She cares deeply about what she considers to be respect. She can be an objectively disrespectful person, but for her definition of respect, she would never break that boundary. Like to me, the things she does are incredibly disrespectful, but to her, she stays within a very tight boundary of respect and expects others to do the same. Yeah, I agree. Yep. So this whole conversation prompts Ruth to go right into the arms of her lover. <laughs> lover. And finally, we get a sex scene. Oh my gosh. Finally. How long have we waited for somebody to make love and have it not be like hate sex? <laughs> it was so nice. 
was like, yeah, the, yeah like I still wasn't as intimate as the handhold last week, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it was such a nice moment to like see those two have a little snippet of happiness. And I think in, in a way, even though it was like brutal for Ruth to go through that conversation with Wyatt, she's, cause she's like, well, maybe I could have that too mm, in my own fucked up way. I like that. Guy who's got issues. Well, we all got just, issues. They all got issues. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah we do. I was, I was just picturing Lauren sitting back just like with her little popcorn. Just like, oh my God, this is the best right here. You know, like maybe a little tear came down. Like it was, because like you said, it wasn't like hardcore, like, like, you know, it was like that kind of soft, you know. And then he did have the joke in there where he was like, I told you it wasn't it wasn't you and she's like shut up you know and get yeah. back to town wendy interacting because he had to come back after the followers and they talked about the house being made of glass i like have been thinking about that this past couple of weeks the fact that they live they're doing so many dangerous things and they live in possibly the most vulnerable home mm-hmm. that cannot be a mistake what do you guys think of that it's one of those things I, you know, when he, uh, when she mentioned it, it's like one of those like obvious things like, yeah, we've been seeing the house for now <laughs> you know, three seasons. And you're just like, when she said that you really are like, yeah, it really is. Like you were just saying, Lauren, like you're like, yeah, that really is like people could just walk around the house, be looking in or, and he's going to be sleeping out on the couch. Like, you know, he's trying to protect everyone or, you know, like, oh, I'm going to sleep here. I'll be okay. And it's like, dude, they just need to walk up to the, <laughs> the window and they'll be like, oh, there he is. Let's get him, you know? So, um, no, well, it's, also, it's also kind of the ultimate version of that, 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 that saying, you know, people in glass houses should throw stones. Yeah. They shouldn't be with the cartel. They shouldn't be with any of this stuff. Right. So it's like so it's a big metaphor of like, this could all crumble at any minute. And right. I, I think maybe that's, but it's an interesting point. You, you definitely bring up Lauren with that. It's like, what, yeah, you shouldn't be in this house. You guys should be in a bunker. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, there's so much more to break down. I feel like we could do a whole episode just talking about the symbolism of that. But it was nice that they actually called it out. Something I've been thinking about a lot. Like someone could just shoot through there. It's, it wouldn't be hard. It's yeah. not like you have to guess what wall someone's standing behind. You see them. So <laughs> anyway, let's get to the way this ended. We have Ruth doing the drop that she agreed upon with uh little mobster there what's his frank cosgo jr (laughs) there's so many characters to keep track of you guys full transparency i was telling you last week usually when i watch a show when it's not for after buzz i know maybe one character's name (laughs) because it's like you don't hear them reference each other that way that much and so and i wonder if any of our viewers are like that too do you guys usually recall people's names if it's not for after buzz Right, because I, I don't know if people have, like, the roster up next to the TV or, like, the right. cat. You know, like, oh, yeah, here's someone, you know, so they better not get on us if they're ever, like, it's so it's, it's Agent Evans or whatever. Be yeah. like, okay, buddy, I don't have, like, 20 characters right at the tip of my tongue sometimes, you know. Yeah. We're human. Yeah, I, I remember, like, for Game of Thrones, it was, like, everybody had four names. So you're <laughs> just like, I, I can't even keep track. Like, I need a cheat sheet all day. Um, just for... Just for our reference, though, the guy's name is Tommy, technically. Tommy, okay. Tommy is the, the, the junior mobster guy. Mobster junior, okay. Yeah. There's a couple mobster juniors. So Tommy is Frank Cosgrove's son. So anyway, she had set up the pickup with him. She's going to get it. Ben says, like, let's follow her there with the drone. 
I wonder, was, like, do you think that the, the purpose of that must have been all along to like protect her, right? Or was oh, he yeah. Yeah. So they started following her. Then he sees those black SUVs coming and he calls her. She doesn't pick up the first time, calls her again, tells her to run. And it must be the opposite side of the cartel going to blow up oh. the truck. That's the only thing I can think of because it wasn't our side of the cartel. <laughs> um, and it probably wasn't the FBI because the FBI doesn't do shady stuff unless there's a reason for it and they wouldn't kill someone. So yeah, Ruth made it out barely alive. I wonder what the ramifications with the cartel, our side of the cartel are going to be. Uh, it was a wild scene and was super grateful that Ben and Ruth had sex at that moment because otherwise she'd be dead. Mm. Wow. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't think about the other part cartel. I think that's definitely a possibility. The only other thing I thought was like, is this from Darlene maybe? You know, don't oh, be um, so I, again, but I think, I think you're probably right. the people with black SUVs though. Like, uh, I feel like they've come like fully equipped in a pickup truck. Right, right. You know, <laughs> it's a different vibe, but I, yeah. I think, I think Darlene would try to cover it, that it wouldn't obviously right. be from her. So, yeah, but I think you're probably right. I think this is the other cartel. Tanier, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I, I second what you guys are saying. I was, as that was happening. I was actually thinking on more of the side, the side of Ruth when, uh, what's his, when Ben was calling and maybe it'll hit, this will hit in the next episode, but she'd be like, how did you know? Like, were you following me? You know, like, how did you know this stuff was, I mean, obviously she didn't have a chance to get into it right now, but maybe it would just be like, thank you for saving my life. But you know, what were you guys doing following me or like having the drone do, you know, her and Jonah, I mean, they were doing it for fun, you know, just being, or maybe not for fun, but just, you know, Ben's always, I think, just super uh, protective of her right now. So he always wants to know, make sure she's all right, which, you know, you respect, but maybe, I don't know, maybe Ruth might be like, don't be doing that kind of stuff. You know, you never know. She's a little firecracker, so she might get mad, but she probably loves him right now. So she'll be like, let's, let's make love again. I appreciate it. Yeah. I think even if I felt like someone was creepy for doing that, I would still be like well i guess it wasn't that bad of an idea because otherwise i would have died so i right it, but keep doing it <laughs> right well it was also it, it, also those games that they were playing with always parking the car far away i mean they kind of started that in the last one when she was like you're gonna make me go in the back of the truck and do you know all that kind of stuff so that actually kind of yeah works in her favor this time <laughs> well it did it but that's that's how the writing in the show is so good that they, they set these things up, right? Nothing is on by accident. They totally yeah. did this. So they have a precedent so that she could be away from them because otherwise she's dead. Like she's right, right. next to him. She's done. And right? I so, really thought that they were going to kill her when they parked so far away. Oh, that okay. was my first gut. And then when the cars came up, I was like, Oh, something way worse is going to happen. <laughs> I thought there might be a, a chance because since she had started walking towards the car, I was like, oh, maybe they'll still see her. Like, hey, who's that over there? Just kill everybody, you know, in the the vicinities. But she was able to get back in time. So she was kind of bold with how much she was peeping out, too. I was like, oh, girl. I, and you know what? On, you know, it's like sometimes on some of those camera angles, like they kind of show where you're thinking like someone might look up or be like, hey, who's that in the distance type thing? And then they start firing at her. Cause like you said, her whole head was around the, the little thing. I was like, come on, Ruth, you got the, 
the, the big hair there, they might see it and be like, hey, what's going on? But yeah. Well, guys, is there anything we missed? Anything you want to say that hasn't been said? Uh, should we do our hell to the nose arcs? Oh, right. <laughs> oh hell no. <laughs> I know we don't have our uh, our little our little music, but um, I know the uh, for me the my hell to the nose arc moment was definitely uh, like I said going back to when I mentioned about Helen talking or talking to uh, Marty, and when he was like, "Yeah, I don't have anywhere to go home," she's like, uh, "You know, well, you're going home tonight," you know, basically. So I was like, "Oh, hell to the nose arc," because <laughs> it was basically like you don't have a choice. I don't care what you and Wendy got going on fix that mess for tonight because that's where you're going so uh i'll go so mine i think was was probably just as the show started like the therapist shoe selby like being like you're both paying me and you're both messed up and then uh, the way that she ends it how much is it gonna cost me a shitload yes (laughs) that was awesome sue being rich af now and also the ending scene i mean it was just they, the writers and creators of the show never cease to amaze me. They always find a way to up the stakes. I don't know how they're going to keep doing it. I mean, but they are clearly because it's never not happened. So mad respect. That yes. was my, oh, hell to the nose arcs. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, I think that's it, guys. Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, at Sean Star seventy five on the gram and at Gorilla Suit Sean on Twitter, and you can find me at Tanier W on uh, the gram and Twitter. That's at T E N E R E W. And I'm at Lauren Legrasso everywhere. You can listen to my podcast wherever good podcasts are found. It's called Unleash Your Inner Creative. And I have a single coming out on April 17th called Rise. And I have one out now called Road to Glory. So check that out on all music platforms. And thank you for tuning in. And please join us uh, again for another episode of Ozark. We love you. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.